0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Picky Bookworm. I am not your host, normally. Uh, My name is Gabriel Hargrave. You may know me, I've been on the show a few times before. Uh, Your regular host, Pam, is off uh, on an adventure the last week and this week. um, And she asked me if I would like to guest host, and I graciously agreed. I'm actually really excited about this. because today I get to talk with two of my favorite people in the universe. Um, today we are talking with author Siggy Chambers and author Jennifer Lake Fitzgerald. Um, the three of us are cheating a little bit because we know each other outside of this. Um, we've been friends for say like about a year now. Um, and and we uh, uh, when I got asked to do this, I was like, I immediately knew like who I wanted to bring on. Um, so today we're going to talk books. We're going to talk probably art uh, because uh, both of my guests say do art as well, um, and we'll talk about pretty much anything that that comes to us as we go. Um, you all are are pretty aware of of how the show goes, um, and also if you ever listened to uh, Pam and I used to run a podcast together. If you ever listened to Podcast Forty Seven you know that uh, we definitely got on a lot of tangents there. Uh, so I assume that may also be the case here. Um, in the meantime, grab your tea, grab your wine, grab your laundry, Caroline, and let's get started. Uh, Siggy and Juniper, welcome, welcome, welcome. How are you?
1: Hello. Hello.
0: Hi. Um, so for those of us who are, are for those of you uh, listeners who do not know me, I'm going to introduce myself first and then I'm going to introduce or let my guests introduce themselves. Um, so I am Gabriel Hargrave, uh, those of you who have listened to my episodes before know that I write uh, genre blending fiction, it's gosh if I can remember all of them in order I'll, I'll get a cookie, queer, erotic, noir, sci-fi, romance. Uh, sort of deal. Uh, I am the author of The Orchid and the Lion, um, as well as the sequel The Lion and the Dahlia. Um, I'm currently working on the third book in the series uh, called The Dahlia and the Night. Um, I have also some short stories available, as well as a collection of short stories called Between Desire and Satisfaction. Um, And I've also been on here not as a guest because I'm a writer but also uh, I've done one or two episodes with Pam uh, where we talked about other people's books. Um, So those are actually all up on my website. That stuff's going to be in the show notes if you're interested. Um, Other than that, uh, I am an editor, uh, freelance. I work specifically with Indian self-published authors. Um, and that's about it. Like, I am not, I have a cat. Um, I mean, that's. <laughs> Gabe
2: lists, like, a whole 10 things and then goes, oh, but that's it. <laughs> like, it isn't a big deal. It's all
0: work related. It's all work related. It's not like, I crochet. There we go. That's a fun fact. There know. you go. You crochet. Um, <laughs> so Siggy, I'm going to have you go first. Um, introduce yourself. Oh, uh, my pronouns are he, him, just as a, uh, for the listeners. Um, but Siggy, uh, you go first.
2: Um, hello. I'm Siggy Chambers, she, they. I am uh, an author of science fiction, fantasy, and horror combinations. Um, I have one book out currently, uh, a folk. A cozy folk horror sapphic novel called The Binding of Bloom Mountain. And I am working on a Achillean space horror and an Achillean folk horror that is set in the same universe as Bloom Mountain. Um, As Gabe said, I am an artist too. I paint space and landscapes in watercolor. I also have cats.
0: One of which is currently sitting in your lap, though?
2: Yes, one of which is currently sitting in my lap, because <laughs> she cannot resist.
0: Yeah. <laughs> She's like, things are going on, I need to be there. I need to be where the people are. She does. Uh, was there anything else that you wanted to do in your little introduction?
1: I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> is there a fun fact about you?
0: And you can say no. I had to think real hard about mine.
2: It's the worst question.
0: Uh, it is terrible. That is
2: the worst question. Oh my
0: god. <laughs> Your fun fact is that you hate it.
2: My fun fact Trusting is that, that I'm autistic. There we
0: go. <clears throat> yes, I'm sorry, I'm dying.
2: Please don't die.
0: I'm okay. okay. Um, if I had thought about it, I would have pushed pause. Or not pause, I would have pushed mute, so I'm sorry about that. Um, yes, fellow, fellow autistic reader um Juniper, how are you? Who are you? What do you have for us?
1: Has a lot of questions at once. <laughs> 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 I'm Juniper at Lake Fitzgerald, and you can call me Juniper or June. And uh, pronouns she/hers fine. Um, author of primarily uh, queer dark fantasy and like gothic esque tales. I would say it's genre blending as well. Like you, Gabe, like. It's, A little hard to pin down i think a little bit of those things put together um i have just completed drafting my main series the fifth unai which is like a epic dark fantasy about a lot of things that i can't summarize um (laughs) and then i also have a currently standalone novel uh the modern mythos anomaly which is like a time travel gothic romance of sorts Um, Outside of that, I'm an illustrator and I do book covers for indie authors as well as character art. Mostly of my own characters because I'm obsessed with them.
2: As you should be. You should
1: be. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: Actually, the next thing I wanted to talk about, you kind of led right into that, Uh, stuff that is going on uh, for us currently. a, a list of things because we've actually had some stuff go on with new releases and uh, Siggy, your year for your book had a uh, its first birthday. Yes, just last week. Birthday.
1: Yay! Yay! <laughs> my Yay. baby's Yay. one
0: year old. The reason I said it segued pretty nicely is because Juniper actually did the cover art for uh, my first book, The Orc and the Lion, was re-released actually uh, yesterday. Uh, it came out. I still can't believe that. Um, uh, because uh, Juniper had done the cover for my second novel um, and as they were part of the same series, I really, really wanted them, uh, the covers, to to match. And so uh, we sat down and talked about it and came up with literally the best ever cover of everything, anything I've ever seen. And I'm not saying <laughs> this is my book, I swear like it could be my worst enemies book and I would still get it framed. It's absolutely gorgeous. It's a
2: gorgeous cover. I love it so so much. Oh,
0: ridiculously good.
2: Um I'm blushing you
0: should, you should. Uh I I have never been happier with literally anything in my life. I'm I'm so grateful to you. Um and what's great is that like in addition to the re-release, that cover is also going to be on the other thing that I have coming up. I just today, right before we started recording, uh, I pushed the approve production button on ah uh, the audiobook version of uh, The Orchid and the Lion, which um, yes. be coming out later yes. this month. I'm so excited. Ah, uh, my actually um one of the things that Juniper is going to talk about, we share a narrator. Uh the absolutely amazing Rain Corbin narrating under the name Richard Pendragon. Um, I am beside myself with how good the the audiobook uh, turned out, and I am very excited to see it like actually out in the world. Um, but yeah, so those are the, the two things um, that that I currently have that are are happening. Um, so you can actually go and order the new version of The Orchid and the Lion on Amazon. Uh, it is available in paperback and in ebook, and I'm going to say the paperback is so worth getting because it looks so pretty. Um, but also, uh, the audio the audiobook will be out um, probably sometime around between the 16th and the 20th. Um, it'll be. Uh, uh, out on on Audible. So that's me. Um, singing we'll go to you next. Um, you had your book's anniversary. Yes, I the
2: did. I still can't believe it's been a whole year since <laughs> my first book came out. Well, my first novel. I had a novella oh. before it, but that's been taken down for secret reasons. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so what else did you do for, for the book's birthday?
2: Um... I mean, I feel like I did too much. <laughs> <laughs> um, I hosted two giveaways, one on Twitter and one on Instagram for, like, uh, bundles of the book and the goodies. Um, I designed some mugs that I'm taking pre-orders for for the coffee shop that's in the book. Um, I'm doing one an, an wait, annotated um... copy for one of the give- giveaways. <laughs> I painted some, like, kind of abstract bookmarks. And... They're very landscape
0: though. Like, they, they yeah. fit Yeah, they're, they're the... kind
2: of abstract landscapes. Especially since, like, I did the painting and then I cut it up.
1: Right. So you don't get the
2: <laughs> whole thing. You just kind of get the vibes. Um... I gave away sixty-ish free ebook copies.
1: Awesome. Wow!
2: I think that's all I did. I mean, that's, that's all, all- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you guys heard me. You guys saw me say I didn't want to talk
0: about it for a week at least. It's true. I know. <laughs> I I will say that, like, um, that that particular book, like. It's had some some really great success, some really good reviews. Um, if I can ask, and if you're, if you want me to like cut this, but was it? It was put into a bookshop uh, in your in your area. Oh, real- yeah.
2: So it's um, it's now being stocked by uh, Four Color Fantasies, which is an award-winning comic shop um, in a town nearby where I live. So, um, that's kind of so cool. It's so cool. <laughs> it's scary.
1: I can't imagine. No.
2: Like, what if I go in there and someone is looking at my book? What do I do? You just, like, duck and cover. I'm Sign it.
0: She's it's right at it. like the
2: entrance, though. Like, or you could be like, like, oh, I heard that was really good. <laughs> 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 oh, my God.
0: <laughs>
1: well, wow, then they look it
0: at the so author cool. picture and be like, hey. Oh, there's an author picture in it? Okay, I have never, ever put an author picture anywhere except, um, so my website has one of It's actually the one that I put on. Um, I published a couple of shorts with uh, Cinnabar Moth Press's uh, 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 e zine, and they wanted an author photo, and I had to search. So hard for one that didn't look awful. Um, oh my god, I know. I don't I can't imagine putting one in my books. Like here's the, well, weird okay, so the thing is like
2: this. I have this like illustration of me now that is my official author picture. Ooh. And you can bet that if there ever is another edition of Bloom, that is going to replace the author picture that's in there.
0: I mean, to be fair, it'll still look like you, because I've seen the, the, the illustrated version of you, and it's basically just singing. Yeah,
2: I mean, it's just me. It's just, like, you know, cooler. <laughs> <laughs> Was there anything else
1: that you wanted to brag about?
2: Um, I started a new work in progress. Yes. Yeah. That is set in the same universe, which I think I mentioned in my intro. Um, and I hope to have that out sometime this summer, maybe. Ooh! If the I gods are it. good.
0: Everybody, throw up prayers to the gods, and and uh, we will get this out soon.
2: <laughs> I think that's it. The anniversary also- was a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. I mean, it went well though, and and like. I'm, I'm hoping that that uh, the people who won the giveaways really enjoy, especially the annotated copy. Um, well, I
2: I am like acquainted with the person who won the annotated uh, copy, so like I already know they're excited.
0: And you can do some unhinged stuff with it too.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, that that makes it nice.
0: We have a, a friend uh, who I edited their book, and they just did some annotated copies of um or they did little doodles for it it's uh crystals and contracts oh, um RN. yeah <laughs> and uh uh they uh uh th- i had ordered one of the copies because it was like a mistake printing like the cover wasn't quite right um and they were like i'll just you know sell these with, with the promise of little doodles and them." and and the copy that i was sent has some of the best most unhinged little doodles i've ever seen they're so good um juniper it is yes. your turn you have some stuff oh gosh that's going well <laughs> it's okay
1: well i um i guess it was last week time is i don't know what time is but um time is fake yeah <laughs> uh last week we released the audiobook for the modern mythos anomaly um like you said, narrated by our shared narrator, um, Richard Pendragon, I believe is their pen name, um, mm-hmm. and that went really well. It ended up getting to number two on the new releases for LGBTQ yeah, plus is. fantasy, which was so for you. extremely oh unexpected, but really awesome. Yeah,
2: oh, and really well so expected, though. Yeah, <laughs> between the quality of the narration and the quality of the book, I'm not at all yeah. surprised. Not at
1: all. Uh, <laughs> I hope people out there enjoy it. I think, uh, I think it's a really like a better interpretation of the book and the characters than I could have like honestly hoped for. So, um,
0: mood though, absolute mood. <laughs> <laughs>
1: was. I sent when we first initially started. I sent uh, them like just some little notes about each character, and you know, kind of like. Who they are and how to pronounce their names essentially and then I got the sample back and I was just like blown away at how like exactly they sounded like themselves just immediately like it was Mm -hmm. crazy I had to stop it because I teared up because it was just like it sounded like they existed you know so I'm excited for the people to hear it
0: I cried so hard when I got the sample of of Odal. it was it's really like you're 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 hearing your characters like yeah. voice for the first time yeah, um, yeah the audiobook uh, your audiobook is great i'm still listening to it um and just uh, uh, enjoying every minute of it um was there anything else you you are you have come to the end basically of of your series um yeah. I know that you're in the beta stages, right?
1: Yeah, I just sent off. Well, I've been in the beta stage since like June of last year because I've been sending it off in parts and it's very large. So I've been being merciful on my beta readers by sending them each section rather than (laughs) like slamming this huge. 200,000 word manuscript on their desk, like, get this to me by Monday. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Okay, but you know, one
2: of them would have gotten it to you by Monday. Oh, yeah.
1: I'm actually, uh, this part four that I sent out is the ending, and um, it's also, you know, it's the ending of the book and the series. So everyone who is a beta reader has read the whole series and kind of like been with me this whole time. And uh, three of them have already finished, and I sent it out like two days ago, maybe. Something Um, like that, yeah. (laughs) And they've all just been like, I was like waiting for this. I couldn't wait to get to it, you know, and they like are kind of crying in my DMs about how it's over. And so it's nice to be understood in that way, because I'm definitely going to have a hard time letting go of the series. But um, there's still a lot more work to be done. So still got to get it to my editor. and Who's also um, crying because he just <laughs> realized again that it's 200,000 words. I'm so sorry. <laughs>
2: Look, it's it's the end, okay.
1: (laughs) No, it's okay. There's a lot going on. Um but yeah, as far as like publishing stuff, I still have a lot to do on each of the books, uh, including the modern mythos, but especially with the fifth and I do um all the illustrations on the interior. So there's like three to four like full page illustrations, plus every chapter has its own individual header that's like themed to what the chapter is about. Um so I have to draw all of those, and uh, that was a choice that me of a couple of years ago made before publishing Metanoia, the first one, and was like, "Yeah, this will be a great idea." And now, <laughs> now here I am, years later, like, "Oh my god, this is so much work."
0: <laughs> what was past me thinking? <laughs> yeah.
1: So for when I did the I did the modern mythos, I just decided to do a couple full page illustrations instead of like all The chapter headers, too, because it's like this is so much. Like, especially if you go over like 30 chapters, then you know that's that is a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. Metanoia was 50 chapters because I made them really short, and I was like, I'm never doing that again. So, the next <laughs> two books, <laughs> the chapters are a lot longer. Like, catharsis, uh, the third one is like I said, 200,000 words, and I think it's like 28 chapters. <laughs> I was like, there is I no way this. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. They're like novella length, like individually. So, yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to save myself some work in some area, you know. Finding all the typos is going to be like a big enough task on its own.
0: And also a shared job because it'll be the two of us. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, which just I'm really happy helpful. about. Yeah.
0: I've I've I I worked on on Metanoia. I've I've edited uh, uh that one, and I have to say, like, for people who are listening who have not read, um, and I'm gonna brag about both of your books, and a like I'm gonna start with you, <laughs> but, Um, I I legitimately I I absolutely adore the characters. I adore the world that you build. Um, I am excited to get into the second book. Um, soon, 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 I promise. Um, but it's just like I we've only really been friends. We've known each other tangentially, like because we've been mutuals on Twitter for a while. We kind of run in the same circles. Um, but it wasn't in years,
1: yeah,
0: it's been because, oh my God, so because i I joined Twitter as a writer in twenty twenty um I a million one years ago had a different profile because i used to run a book blog where i did reviews um and uh so i hadn't been on twitter in like a bajillion years and i came back in 2020 to start my my writer's uh profile um and i want to say within like a year of that i was following you so it's been Mm -hmm. a hot minute
1: um and
0: we the three of us joked that uh we would have been friends a lot earlier, except that we all thought the others were too cool. <laughs> you um, guys
2: are too cool for me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> lies, lies, and deceit. I, I had to get cajoled by uh, a, a mutual, a couple of mutual friends of ours, because uh, they knew that I was looking for a new cover artist for book two. And they were like, oh my god, do you know what would be the best thing in the world is if you got Juniper to do it. And I was like, oh I can't ask Juniper!
2: Oh my god. For real,
0: though. And then <laughs> about uh, a few months, I think, before Bloom published, um, which I'm going to brag about in a second, uh, a few months before Bloom published, I started following Siggy. You were? And I was like, Yeah, yeah, because I remember it coming out. Um, Yeah, I was. What (laughs) it was like that sort of like notice me, Sentai thing, of like I thought you were the coolest person I've ever met in my entire life, and so like the day that you followed me back on Twitter was like Christmas, and I feel so like weird about it now because you're literally just like this person, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Like you're literally still the coolest person, (laughs) guy. But like it was i don't know why like my maybe it's the autism i don't know but like <laughs> it's the
2: autism yeah
0: both seemed way bigger uh uh like larger than life than than i i thought i was cool enough to hang with um but so with bloom because I've, I've bragged a little bit about Menanoia and i also uh, the modern mythos normally when i've read slash so listened to love it it's just incredible Um. Bloom is I actually just blurbed the 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 book um for the the anniversary um and I meant literally every word I said of it if you are looking for something that is um horror but it's not I don't want to say horrifying, but it's horror that's not like
2: life threatening.
0: Yeah, like it's a very um it's almost like a gentle, creeping horror that grows like as as the book progresses. And there are some like legitimately very, like tense, spooky moments. But on the whole, it's it's still very cozy. And the uh, the descriptions that you do of the landscape because the the book takes place in sort of like a a world adjacent to our own, but also still part of our own. Um, and so it's like an Appalachia area, right? I'm not um,
2: so it technically disturbing. takes place in an alternate version of the Shenandoah Valley, which is where I live. So, like, I, I literally live in the setting for the book, which makes it easy to write those kind of... And, like, versions. you still
0: write really good descriptions. Like, it's not like the the setting wrote itself. Um, Are you sure? Yeah. I mean, it I could. Maybe, maybe it whispered in your ear. At night. Are you... Wait, I'm sorry. Hold on. Stop the podcast. Is the setting whispering to you in the end
2: scene? Uh, I don't think it's like literally whispering to you. I... <laughs> um, that would be creepy.
0: That would be creepy. Uh but yeah, it's honestly like I I um I enjoyed like every and of reading that uh, book. I
2: remember you reading it because we shared each other's like first opinion, first like <laughs> experience reading each other's books. Right. And I did that with <laughs> Juniper too when I did an arc reading of the modern mythos anomaly. And I think I was just
1: so obnoxious in her DMs. Trust me, it was, uh, it was needed. You were like one of the first, uh, arc readers to give me feedback. And I was like, Oh my God, someone likes this thing. (laughs) I think you were a little like maybe annoyed that I picked out like the twists early. (laughs) No, not at all. I think it was, I think it was cool. It's, um, both of, I, I tend to have this like habit. I don't even really mean to do it, but both of my, like, I guess you could say universes, um, they end up having this kind of mystery quality to them where there's like some kind of thing that like unfolds over time that like, you know, no one has the answers to. And, um, I'm always curious to hear how quickly people get it or don't get it. Uh, cause yeah, it kind of gives you a perspective on it. Cause you know, when you're writing your own thing, you're like, I know this whole story back in front. I can't even mm-hmm. like tell what like feels like sad anymore. At some point you just like, you know, kind of brush it off cause you've been working on it for so long.
2: Yeah. And,
1: um, so, like, yeah, especially after
2: you- the first draft.
1: Right. Because when I wrote... Really
2: yeah. When I wrote the first draft of Bloom, I did not have the ending twist planned. I had no idea what to do mm. as an explanation for that character. And then, like, the day I figured it out, I was, like, running through the house screaming. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I not even... I am not even kidding. I was like, uh, "Oh my god,
1: that's the best feeling!" But yeah, yeah, especially with like the modern mythos, I wanted people to read it and figure it out before the characters did. Like, I wanted them to know, and then like watch the characters like have to figure it out because they're dumber than we are. Apparently, okay. Um, <laughs> okay. But Cal
2: and Python are definitely dumber than us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so
1: you know, we've got it all sorted out and then you have to, like, watch them, like, be hard-headed for, like, the rest of the book. So, I did want that to be delightful. (laughs) It's so delightful, though. I just love them so much. (laughs) But, no, I was not annoyed at all. I was happy to hear it. When you started picking up on things, and same with uh, Gabe, now like you're slowly starting to like unravel some of the early stuff, and it's like it's really exciting to see. Ah,
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, I-, I love seeing Gabe's reactions.
0: Yeah, I just uh, I just for the for the listeners, I I just figured a thing out that in <laughs> me, <laughs> and I was like screaming in all caps. We have a group chat, and I was like, how.
2: Yeah, <laughs> And, like, but you're uh, just I, sitting there cackling at him. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but also, like, I have to say that because I've also been in this position where, um, especially with beta raiders, when I was writing the line and the Dahlia, I had, oh gosh, I had, I had two rounds of alpha raiders and two rounds of beta readers because that went through a lot of changes as, as time went on. And when I finally had like the last round of beta readers and everything was in place and was pretty sure like this was going to be, the but the moment I knew <laughs> that this was going to be the book was when, uh, cause there was a twist in, in that book. And, uh, one of my beta readers got to that point and I knew she had gotten to that point because there were 17 messages in a row in my DMs and they were all like, Gabe? Gabe what? Gabe no?
2: That's the best feeling, though. (laughs) And it
0: was very funny because this particular person, um, it's our my friend Karima, who does amazing artwork of of literally anything, but has done some really amazing artwork of my characters. Um it was great because she guessed the twist as a joke. <laughs> oh <laughs> like, my gosh. A chapter and a half before it was revealed, she made a comment in the beta document that I had to delete, 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 delete like immediately. Because I wanted to see if other people would figure it out, because I thought it was really obvious. But uh, uh, she got there, like, she got a little bit before it got revealed, and she literally went, Wouldn't it be funny if? And then proceeded to describe the whole twist.
2: Oh, and I remember you knows. telling me about that <laughs> when I was reading, like, because I was like speculating on stuff <laughs> to you, and you told me someone else got it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it was
0: like cause, damn. Like, well, because and 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 it was it was funny because only one other person when they were reading book two, only one other person guessed it, and then Stefan guessed himself, and so I was like, okay, maybe we're good. So then when when Karema got to the actual twist, and I got all those messages, I was like, oh, okay, good. <laughs> like it's still it's not super obvious. Like she was just kidding. But it's a really great feeling when someone, especially like people you don't necessarily know very well. Because I, I, I don't know about you guys, but I've gotten DMs from people. Like, actually, some of my best friendships I've started because I've gotten DMs from people who are like, I'm reading your book and it's really good. And oh my God, this thing happened. And wow. And it's like,
2: I mean, that's literally how Juniper and I met.
0: like you know like there's that feeling inside of i i i did this i i did this this was me i did this i gave other human beings um
1: yeah that is such a special feeling
0: (laughs) i just uh uh i i think sometimes readers like i'm gonna say two things one is, I think, there are some authors, and and rightfully so. Like, there's, there's, you do not have to as a writer ever accept messages from people. You don't have to interact with your readers at all. Like, I'm not saying that, but I think sometimes that writers do put themselves very separately from from their readers, and some of it is fear, and some of it is like wanting to keep that distance. Um, especially because there have been some situations with very famous authors where like people Mm -hmm. got weird but i think that like on the other side of that readers sometimes will think like oh wow this author is someone i really enjoy and like they're way too cool and like they would never want to hear my thoughts and that's not necessarily the case like there are some authors that are very very excited to hear what people think um oh my
2: god yeah i want to know all i I love it it
0: And like I will, I'm going to put a caveat out there: do not tag an author in a negative review. Write the negative review, please. Please write the negative review. Don't let don't let other authors who, who have gotten um rude is the 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 word I will use though it's not the one I want to uh, about <laughs> negative reviews. Like do write them and don't let that discourage you. But also don't tag
2: the author, please, for the love of God. We are um, real people with feelings. <laughs> <all> right?
0: <laughs> yes, and and like it's not that we want to just hear praise. Like if we want to read those negative reviews, we will read them. Believe us, we have access to Goodreads and Amazon and StoryGraph and all of that. But we definitely would prefer that you don't like publicly call us out and be like I read this book and it was terrible and I want the dude to see that I thought it was terrible. <laughs>
1: Um <laughs> I've been I've been directly DM'd by people I didn't know telling me that they like had problems with my book and I was like, what? What? <laughs> like, wow. I, I absolutely agree that people should, you know, review uh, how they feel and you know be honest about their opinions and I won't interfere with that at all. But um yeah, don't come into my DMs. <laughs> I it's was like, definitely taken aback by that.
2: Oh my gosh, I've only ever gotten, like, weird reviews, like, on Goodreads and stuff, and it's like, I want to know what people think, but I don't want to be, like, forced to interact with those people.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I, I, I've shown you guys a couple of reviews, including one that was an absolute essay, um, and, like, I've had people be like, "Oh, you could talk to Goodreads and have them take it down." But, like that was how that person felt, and regardless of how I feel about it, like that—that that doesn't change how they felt, and that doesn't change the fact that they have the right to say what they felt. They're wrong, but they can still right. say it. But also, like the idea of that person, like not even publicly calling me up, but coming into my dm to say it, like. That is a nightmare.
2: <laughs> Seriously. Like, you are the strongest soldier, John. <laughs> you are. Right. For dealing with that, you you are humanity's strongest.
0: <laughs>
1: well, I think so, all of us are probably familiar with the idea that if we let people's negative opinions of what we do stop us from doing it, we would have stopped a long time ago. So, oh, yeah. you know, I mean, totally got to keep going. Yeah. Well, I do think also.
0: Day. I would say I think also that like you can get too wrapped up in in what other people are going to think of your work when at the end of the day, like you have to enjoy it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And like,
2: Gabe, is this a personal attack? No. It's,
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, we have you, the three of us have been talking about about this sort of thing. A lot recently but like this is also just in general like because it's it's not even so much about writing it's about anything like art or crafts or i mean being an electrician like whatever like whatever it is that you're doing like you have to enjoy what you're doing um and like having having a system where people can leave reviews for whatever it is, whether you're a chef or a writer or, or a teacher or whatever it is like is great. It's wonderful, but also like not everybody is going to be happy. And so you could have 500 really great reviews of your restaurant. And the one that really gets to you is like the one negative one. And like, you can't let that change what you're doing necessarily. Especially if it's a person. Because those five hundred other people like love your restaurant. But it's it's difficult because we're so connected to everything. And I think that
2: sometimes readers don't realize just how invested a writer is in their work. (laughs) Yeah. So like they have their own emotions, but they don't pause to consider that we also have emotions, especially uh, indie writers where we're writing you know, we're we don't have big paychecks coming from a publisher right. to write, so we're writing like really like the things that we want to write about.
1: Right, and it's really fueled by passion and obsession. <laughs> yeah, a lot of the obsession for sure. Yeah, like even a even a short novel sometimes you you can spend like minimum of like a year on. Um, mm-hmm. even just like a novella so you know spending that much time in that headspace i uh, it's always funny like i'm kind of experiencing that again with this beta reading um, how how long it took me to write this book it took me a year and a half just to do the first draft and then like another six months or so to do like the revisions and then i send it to my beta readers and they're done in like three hours <laughs> right <laughs> and- <laughs> like how dare they <laughs> Like savor I this no. savor it, <laughs> right? <laughs> you, you, they don't know that you have spent like so much time, like even on just like one particular line, like a line may have took you three days to like do in a way yeah. that you feel was correct, you know. But um, I guess that's just part of the. I don't know. That's part of the deal. <laughs> it is for sure. I,
0: I see that from an outside perspective too, because I got to be along for the ride as you were working on my covers and so like you drop this gorgeous thing in my in my dms and in my, in my inbox and like you showed me some progress stuff like along the way so like i knew what you were putting into it but like i don't see the whole process like i don't see just how much time you put into it i literally don't know how many hours you spent on that um and and like i
1: I actually have a um the program that i use has a Mm. a canvas information so it tells me how many hours i've spent um on each project which is kind of how i determine my prices and let me just tell you like i undercharge by a
0: lot (laughs) uh, i mean we both do we've talked about that Uh, too yeah you both Um, definitely
1: do the recent um the most recent cover that i have uh the front illustration um that I'm working on, it was about 50 hours of just, like, painting oh on the couch, gosh. so. Oh, my god. Yeah. But I'm happy with it. It's gonna be really cool, I think. It's so, so. pretty. If it's the, yeah,
0: yeah, if it's the one you've been showing us, it's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah.
1: No spoilers, but. No, I'm not gonna. <laughs> no, nope. We're not spoiling anything. I didn't say anything. You said it was really, go- wow.
0: wow. Hey, guys. Don't, I don't, don't, don't. Don't read in anything into gorgeous cover that's not out yet. <laughs> I know, I know. It's really easy to guess what we're talking about. This is a um, morning.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, like I, because because with you being done, Juniper, with your with your series, like I've been thinking about. <laughs> we talked about this this morning, actually. Uh, I've been thinking about like the end of my own, which is not yet, not happening yet. I still have. Um, like a book and a half basically to write the main series and then there's some other stuff that um there's a couple other books that are going to be coming after that main series for the shows so there's some time but also like the idea of letting go <laughs> that someday mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. I'm going to be done with these characters like they sink into your soul they live in my head rent free i okay. i have annoyed people with how much i talk about
2: uh, you don't like, annoy me
0: no i don't annoy you guys but i but there are there are other people in the universe who like i know have been like oh my god he's going off about them again but it's because they become such a part of you that
1: mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. and
0: especially if you put pieces of yourself in them Absolutely. um and I know that, that Juniper's probably had a similar experience with the audiobook that I had where like there were lines because I I've spent oh god spent so much time in the first book because there was I I wrote the first draft, I wrote the subsequent drafts, I edited it like several times over. Um I released it, I realized there were problems with it, I edited it again, I re-released it like a few weeks later. I've read it 80 bajillion times in the ensuing (laughs) time because I've been working on the rest of the series and I need information from that. It's also, I've read it because I like it and I want to read it again. And then when I was doing this re-release, I had to read it again several times because I was re-editing it, I was changing some things, I, I was making tweaks here and there, and then I had to read it again, 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 again as I listened to it to make sure that the lines, like, all came out, and so that's, I want to say at least a good year and a half alone with just that one book, because I write fast, and then I just obsessively edit it over and over again. Um which is not a great process for my mental health but it's what I do. Um but so as I was listening to to the narration like as the chapters were going through like there are some things that the uh, the narrator did with the characters with the lines that I didn't expect that like wasn't what I intended but the minute I heard them like I could never hear them any other way because it was someone else like really getting the characters and really understanding what what they were supposed to be, and that's a feeling that like I can't compare to literally anything else. Like it's oh, yeah. I've gotten fan art from from I don't want to say fan art it's friend art because it's people that I know that like some random person I've never met dropping stuff in my inbox, but I've gotten artwork done of of some of my characters and. They're all, like, every version of Dorian that people draw is different. I've never had this different artist draw Dorian the same way. and every single one of them is intrinsically Dorian. And so, like, it's, it's this really interesting sort of feeling of, like, okay, people actually do get it. And yeah, there are some that don't and talked about, you know, like you're welcome to say it. We just don't necessarily want to be forced to see it. But like that feeling of people getting what you're going for and that feeling of people connecting mm-hmm. with, with what you've put out there. It's just, it makes it feel a little bit less overwhelming that these, these people are living in your head. Agreed, <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, Now they live in other people's heads too. It's good. <laughs>
1: I can't wait it's a to pretty, have like, an audiobook one day. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. I would Maybe. love to hear your your space voice in a, Oh, I, would, I would. Oh my god. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the bickering <laughs> would be amazing. It would be so delicious.
0: We're we're but we're hearts yeah, advocating for Stiggy Chambers audiobooks. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah, that feeling I feel like the feeling of people relating to your characters, maybe, or your stories, but um, either one. I think that that maybe is part of what makes it all worth it, in a way. Mm-hmm. A reader who's been with the Fifty and I, like, since the beginning, and he has a favorite character who's, like, kind of, like, he always says it's, like, his, like, um, ego, like, almost, like, I wrote him into this book, in a way um and he's always like coming to me with like all this like character analysis and stuff <laughs> um, that's so I mean, it's stuff that i've like thought of, you know, before but it's stuff that you just don't put into the story because like it doesn't fit to like go down this rabbit trail of like why he is the way he is or why he made this decision <laughs> and mm. to see someone else like have that much thought and like, you know, connection to your work, it's like, you know, none nothing else matters, none of the negative stuff matters. So,
2: yeah, I had um, I had someone maybe a month after Bloom published. Um, she's a reviewer on Instagram, and I sent her a copy, and she got back to me like, "I have never felt more seen in a book than I did with oh, Bloom Mountain." That's amazing. And I cried oh. so hard.
1: That's amazing
2: people like relating to your characters and what they go through like the way they respond to things is like the best feeling in the whole world
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: i had um a couple of people actually it was unfair because i got a couple of people saying it around the same time so it was like this one two three punch in the gut of oh my god um there were a few people who, um, I, I want to say it was in between books or it was maybe just before book two came out, like I had been sharing some snippets, um, and so between that and the first book, I had some trans guys who uh, either messaged me or replied on on Twitter to things that I had said about how seen Laith made them feel. Um and how, like, they read books with trans men characters and often feel like it doesn't represent them or that it's like um, a watered down version of their experience. And so that, like, seeing Leif and, and, um, especially given like the nature of his character, um, and, and, like the things that he goes through like they saw themselves and i i just stopped crying about the one when the second one came through and i was still crying about the second one when i saw the third one and it was this very like i i had to like step back for a moment and really live in that because when I when I write characters, like I I originally didn't I don't want to say I didn't put thought into them, like as I did, but it was like I've joked before that like Dorian basically took control of my brain and wrote and wrote his own book himself. Um and length wasn't like that. Like when I when I wrote book two, it it was hard for me to get into that headspace and it was hard for me. To, to figure out like what I wanted his character because he's the POV character so it's like it's just like being him in a scene like he is the scene and so for for me to to really capture what I wanted to with that character like I wanted to make sure that he wasn't necessarily like a universal like he's a unique person of his own like he's not every trans guy ever but I wanted to make sure that as I was writing him in the second book, that I took into account the fact that like he's a face of what being a trans guy means, and that like, and I, I know that because we all write different rep in in our books, and and some of those are identities that we share with our characters, and some of them are not. Um. Like, I think that, um, like, it's a pretty universal experience of, of wanting to make sure that especially the identities that you personally have, that you're doing them justice. And so, (laughs) like, to have that, um, because I know that, that, uh, Celeste, the main character in Bloom, um, she's autistic as well, and, uh,
2: I was like, writing Bloom when I got my autism diagnosis. So like yeah, after yeah. I, I got that validation for myself, I went back and I made Celeste way more autistic <laughs> because it felt like I had permission to write like this, even though I've been writing these types of characters for years mm-hmm. and it's just like a special thing to be able to write about your own identity.
0: I actually partially discovered I was autistic because of a character that I wrote. I don't think I've told this story on this podcast before, and I'll do the short version. But so there's a character, Aunt Salvatore, that I specifically created to be autistic. And uh, there's another character, Travis Jamison, who I did not. And uh, my critique partner, Lore, I love Travis, he's so good. My critique partner, Lore, was was reading through one of the drafts of Lion and the Dahlia, because uh, he's a much bigger character in that book than he is in the first one, because he's Late's best friend. Um, and so we were reading a scene, and Lore goes, Wow, you're really good at writing autistic characters. I was like, Oh, thanks. Like, it's, uh, Ant's really great. Like, I was really excited to see that you like connected with him. And they go, oh, I don't mean, I don't mean aunt. I mean Travis, and I go, Travis, Travis is an autistic, he's just a dude, like, he's just like me, he's just, and Laura sent me that gift from Game of Thrones of, oh, you sweet summer child, because they had been trying for, like, a good year and a half, to, like, Gabe, I think you're autistic, Gabe, you should read this, I think you're autistic, I was like, no, I'm not, and they're like, hey, Gabe, um, by the way, <laughs> I have some news for you about you and um. <laughs> so like, I did. I went back in, and I I played it up a little bit more because I wanted it to come across pretty clearly on page, and also Travis is kind of well, his baby, and so I wanted to like incorporate some of of their identity into him. And so like Travis has misophonia, um. And has some of the same like compunctions that that they do. Um, I gave Travis one of their stems because like I I wanted to pay a little tribute to the fact that like not only was this a character that they had helped me to sort of develop, but also like this was a character that they were able to finally get me to see what they've been trying
1: to tell me for ages. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> um, amazing.
2: I've been on both sides of that conversation before because, like, I keep going back to talking about the modern mythos anomaly. But, like, one of the things I told Juniper in her DMs was that I thought Callisto was super autistic.
0: Callisto is so autistic.
2: And then, um, one of my beta readers for Metropolis Down, my space horror, came into my DMs and he was talking about, like, my depiction of autism in that book and i said oh yeah you know i kind of meant for that with eddie because he's like the first intentionally autistic character i've written and then they were like i wasn't talking about eddie i was talking about jet (laughs) i was like oh i didn't intend to write jet as autistic but okay
0: I accidentally gave Lathe ADHD, my ADHD, and I didn't notice it until someone pointed it out. Because um, before I could really get into book two, I started working on a different project that's up on Kindle Vella. It's unfinished, it's non-canon, but if y'all want to read it, it's up there. Um, where uh, it was Leith's perspective of the events of the first book. And a couple people were like, man, this guy is so ADHD. I was like, oh, no, he is. <laughs> like, we just don't notice sometimes that, like, we're giving. And I, I did the same thing with Dorian, too. Of There are pieces of me that I gave to that character that I did not know I was giving to that character until someone else pointed it out. Um. And like, there's a decision that you have to make. Of like, am I going to actually lean into this, or am I going to just let it be incidental? And it really depends on the character and the story that you're trying to tell. But when you're able to like
2: <laughs>
0: dig into that and make it a part of of who that character is, like, I feel like they end up feeling richer. I don't, I don't know if you guys feel the same, but they just feel more real. At least in in my mind
1: kind of yeah like uh actually when uh siggy when you messaged me to ask me if callisto was autistic you were like the second person to ask that and it's one of those things i don't ever like mention things like that i guess by name in any of my work like in the 59 it's like the world doesn't have terms for things like that they don't have like it's like a a queer normative world as well so they don't have words for like gay or lesbian and they also don't have like the vocabulary for like mental health and a lot of things because lore reasons but <laughs> um, but i intentionally wrote uh two of the main characters in that book as well to be um different flavors of autistic shall i say and um but it's never named explicitly and so it's always cool for people to like message me be like i see that you know like it, it's coming through um because yeah. in a way i know that there's a lot of value in things being named uh, and a lot of people you know enjoy that and find value in it but for me i like to just present people as they are i guess and then see how people can relate um without any kind of like label or any kind of like blinders on in a sense of like going like, going into something being like oh i know this character is like bisexual and autistic like instead they're like i'm going to discover who this character is and then like find myself within them you know yeah so i see the validity in both approaches but i guess that's just the one that i primarily take um except when close straight up asks python if he's gay that's yeah. That's a whole thing. <laughs> I just got through
0: that scene a couple days ago and I loved all of that. <laughs> so God, they're good.
2: such disasters. It's such so disasters. good.
0: Right, we're gonna wrap up soon because we're we're getting close, but I, I did wanna uh, ask basically like a um your books that you have put out like what would you say to someone who is interested in reading them and like what sort of people will your books appeal to
1: um i guess my books appeal to autistic people
2: um people who like coziness but also to be afraid like campfire stories
1: yeah
2: yeah it's like I write campfire stories at least for like my
1: full course, I love that I'm gonna use if we it. ever meet up in real life you have you, to use that in your marketing your <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay I feel very clever right now <laughs> you should <laughs> <laughs>
1: We're we're yeah,
0: seeing the birth of a new of a new marketing strategy. Yes. Right. I was <laughs> gonna say
1: write that down. <laughs> <laughs> Campfire horror.
0: Anything else that you want to say
1: about your work?
2: I have no idea. <laughs> <It's> okay. <laughs> I will hand the podium to Juniper.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Can you repeat the question? (laughs) Yeah, so it's,
0: um, what would you say to people who want to read your book, and, like, what sorts of people would your works, wow, books, and what sort of people would your work
1: appeal to? Okay. Um, Well, I suppose that... My work appeals to people who enjoy things like Berserk or Devilman Crybaby or things that have a lot of uh, darker themes, um, but also this kind of overtone of like love or relationships or interpersonal um, relationships and complications, but they um wish that those stories mm-hmm. had more of a happy ending and maybe a hopeful note, um, because I found that I really enjoy dark fantasy and horror and gothic stories and all of that, and I have my whole life. But I don't often find ones that feel like they leave you with more than a sense of dread or more than a sense of like, wow, something really intense or you know like complicated um happened, and I have a lot of mixed feelings. Mm-hmm. Um. I wanted to kind of create things that also left you with a sense of like happiness or like laughter, comedy, um, hopefulness. A lot of the 59 is based off of um, hopefulness and like kind of the resilience of having hope. Um, And then of course, modern mythos is just like full of humor. Um, It is. So yeah, if you, if you like darker stories, but you want to kind of leave um, not feeling entirely like your heart has been crushed into the ground. Um, (laughs) like you know, uplifted a tiny bit, I would say that that's um, it's where my work is at. (laughs) Um, yeah, sort of like you know, when you were younger and like on the way to school or something, and you're riding like in the bus or in the car and you're listening to music and you're just staring out the window and you kind of just have this like quiet, melancholy moment with yourself.
2: That totally is. That totally is the modern mythos anomaly,
1: though. Yeah, that's what I'm going for. I think that's maybe the best way to put it, <laughs> like a, a melancholy car ride. <laughs> it
0: it jumpscared me a little bit because I I was I was there for all the bickering and the disaster queerness, and then all the feels started happening, and I went, "Darn you, do or how dare you do this to me?" <laughs> And like, and- I can't even talk. I can't even no, talk. No, you can't. I I had a friend, um, I guess I'll, I'll do mine too. I'll start by saying that I had a friend who, uh, was reading, uh, uh, she's one of my forever alphas. I, I yeet my work at her when I'm done with first drafts and, and she, she takes a look at it and gives me feedback and, uh, she was reading something of mine. It was one of the stories that I wrote in um, for for between desire and satisfaction, um, and she messaged me to be like, "How dare you make me cry in the middle of your porn?" <laughs> <laughs> like all of my work is is explicit. Um, so far, I actually have um a book that I'm gonna be querying once. This month settles down. I'm going to be like finishing up the last draft of of this book, um, which is a cozy, uh, uh contemporary romance, um, which is new for me. Um, never done it before, but the people who have read it so far have just absolutely adored it, and the characters. That one isn't explicit. That one is is um like. I, I I don't use the term clean fiction. Number one, my characters swear too much. Number two, like they're still gonna have things. But whether it's like super explicit, like *Orchid and the Lion*, or if it's like this this new project where it's it's not. Um, and I also find that term to be pretty derogatory. Like the idea that the opposite of clean is filthy, but I write it isn't filthy. It's just like smutty. Um, but so I would say that if you're, if you're looking for, at least the stuff that I currently have at me, if you're looking for, um, something that is very spicy, but that will also make you feel feelings, um, whether that be happiness, sadness, hope, despair, um, you know, they are, are, um, they're very character driven, but there's also this overarching plot, uh, involving, um, a, a broader dystopian narrative uh, involving uh, I, I've I've since, putting out the first book, I've since started adding a, a trigger warning in my work for um, it being a bit too close to the current day devolution we're seeing into fascism, uh, both here and abroad. Um, so it's not like a happy story or but uh uh it is leading to a happy ending um so if that's something that like you are into i know some of you have already heard me talk about these books forever and ever um and i may actually be back on the show as a guest i think pam and we've been talking about that after the book comes out um but yeah, that's. Uh, I didn't come up with any like new fun marketing stuff. I'm really sad. I was, I was hoping.
2: I we I guess we can only be two for three today. I don't
0: know. We it's we can't. We can't. It can't all be. It can't. We all would be gold. too
2: powerful otherwise.
0: <laughs> I mean, we are. We are eventually just going to take over the world. I I
1: Huh? That's is that end. on the schedule?
2: Is that like? Do we have a timeline Maybe. for this?
0: We haven't really discussed the particulars yet, just because we're all so busy and stuff. But like, it's 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 in the ten-year plan, at least, right? The ten-year yeah. plan, okay. Yeah, like we got, I got like we got books to write. <laughs> 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 um. Oh. Uh, so let's, as we wrap up, is there anything else that you want to announce? Because I just remembered I have another thing. Um. So anything that you guys want to to tell uh-huh. people. Uh,
2: I guess I could announce one of the other things that I'm working on. I'm working on a rewrite of my original novella that I'm hoping to publish later this year. Like I've only told a few people about that like officially, but like I've started the process. Mm-hmm. So excited. And I have awesome. like a cover artist on board for it already and an editor. Yeah, you do.
0: <laughs> 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 I just edit for everybody. It's fine. Uh, Juniper, is there anything else that you want to announce?
1: Um, I guess that uh, my series, The Fifteen I will be finishing up this year. And so if you are interested in getting into a series and um, one that is going to be finished, um, you don't have to wait much longer. Um, it's a good time. Um, Metanoia just got its second edition, so it's nice and clean and re-edited. And book two, Apotheosis, will be um, getting that grub as well in yeah. the next couple months. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, maybe check it out if you want. Yeah, definitely check it out. Totally, that was
0: And
2: me. also, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, Siggy, read Metanoia. Uh, Everybody also go get the Binding of Blue Moon. It's just gorgeous, and pick up the Modern Mythos. anomaly. it's the audiobook alone. Like the book itself, yes, buy it in every possible version you can: ebook, paperback. (laughs) But seriously, this audiobook is so good. Um,
2: Okay, but also the Orchid and the Lion. (laughs) Hello, that cover the audiobook. Like, I'm sorry. I did. Like, I think, just. I'm so excited because I'm finally getting my physical copies of Orchid.
0: They're gonna look Lion. so. They're gonna um, look so good. Like they the are. spine that Juniper did for Orchid and the Lion. The spine alone, because for those of you who who owned a paperback version before, you know, it had a beautiful cover that I absolutely love. I miss it. I really do, but it didn't fit with the rest of what we had planned for the covers um and so uh it had this gorgeous cover but it wasn't wraparound so it had this boring blue spine with this boring font with a boring blue back with some boring font juniper put so much work into both orkin lion and Lion and golly The cover from front to back it's just absolutely gorgeous on both of them and i say this not because i want y'all to go buy it i do but also like Literally, they are going to look so pretty on your (laughs) shelf. But also, Um, go buy them. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, so the thing that I had forgotten about, I am going to be at Retcon. Uh, It is a fandom convention in Karen, North Carolina. That will be March 1st through the 3rd. Um, I'm not doing any sort of like author signing or anything like that, but I will be doing a couple of the panels, including one called Gaze in Space. Um, I don't know who all is on that panel with me just yet. Um but I uh, this is my first convention. Um, and I am terrified and excited all at the same time. Um, but i, I if you guys are in the area, um uh, I know that hotel blocks, I think they ended by the time you hear this, uh, the hotel block thing will be. Done, but um, tickets will still be on sale. Um and uh if you stop by um you may be able to, to see me there. Um yeah, other than that, uh uh the Orca and Malayan audiobook is coming out. The re-release was just released um the sixth, so that is available. Go buy Blue Mountain, go buy the Metanoia, and uh Wait on apotheosis. So we're we're gonna be getting that. In a nice shiny new version soon. Definitely goodbye, the modern mythos anomaly and literally anything else that Siggy and Juniper put out. Uh, hire Juniper for your covers because literally the best experience of my life. I lucked out so hard with both a cover designer and an audiobook narrator. Like I've had the best experiences with both this past year. Um so hire hire Wayne Corbin to do your narration. Um I I cannot recommend them enough. And uh I wanna thank uh Pam for letting me host. I hope I did a good job. Um, this is well, my first time interviewing. We didn't, have interviewing any we- we didn't. I was so scared about that. I did drop an act an accidental F bomb. By the time this comes out, I will have deleted that, but it Ooh. you the three of us will know.
1: <laughs> this is <pisk. laughs>
0: I literally also like I messaged everybody beforehand like I just want you to know like try to keep it family friendly because like that's sort of like the thing with this podcast and then I mess it up and I'm like of course I did. <laughs> um,
2: Especially I, I, when I'm the one who swears the most out of all of us.
0: Which is wild to me. Wild. Um, but also very. Tr- I thought it would be me when when we all started hanging out, and it is not. Um, no, it's Pam me. Pam will be
2: one hundred percent me.
0: <laughs> foul, foul mouth. Uh, Pam will be back soon. Um, and I'm sure that she sends you all her love. Um, and I again want to thank you all for listening. Thank you to my guests, Zee Chambers and Juniper Lake Fitzgerald. I am Gabriel Hargrave. This has been the Picky Bookworm just go read all the books y'all thank you so much bye
1: thank you for having me thank you